What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Crew Sports Podcast, episode 10. I'm Michael Akeem, joined here always by Vito Patel. How you doing, Vito? Really good. Excited for this 10th episode. For our 10th episode, we're doing things a little different. We're doing a little special episode. So the whole episode is going to be just rank it. Since that's like one of our favorite segments on our pod anyway, we decided to do this episode a little a little special for our 10th. We got about five different rankings we're going to do. Without further ado, let's get into our first ranking of our podcast special. So we're starting things off with NFL. And this is actually one that we've done earlier. I think I think we did it in pod five. So it would have been after week five of the NFL. Back then we did top five. Now we're doing top ten NFL quarterbacks so far this season. After nine weeks of playing, go heading into week 10. I could go ahead and go first. Uh, I'll do 10 to 1. Okay, so number 10, I have Justin Herbert. Number 9, I have Aaron Rodgers. Number 8, I have Derek Carr. Number 7, I have Dak Prescott. And number 6, I have Joe Burrow. And at the top 5, I start with Lamar Jackson, followed by Patrick Mahomes at 4, and Kyler Murray to start the top 3. And the second best is Tom Brady, and I got Matt Stafford at number 1. Okay, interesting. I'm glad our lists are going to look pretty different. Nice, nice. I like that. All right, for me, I got Patrick Mahomes at 10, Justin Herbert at 9, Dak Prescott at 8, Russ Wilson 7, Josh Allen 6, Aaron Rodgers 5, Lamar Jackson 4, and the top three, I got Kyler Murray at 3, Matt Stafford at 2, and Tom Brady at 1. So the top is pretty similar. Yeah, I was going to say, my first reaction is our top three is pretty interchangeable. With I pick Stafford or Tom yeah. Brady, and you pick Tom Brady or Matt Stafford. It was like splitting hairs for me towards the top. It really was. And at, at this point, I really just went down to the numbers game. So Tom Brady beats Stafford because he has more touchdowns and less interceptions. But Stafford has a better completion percentage and more yards. So then the deciding factor for me was yards per attempt, and Matt Stafford got that. But it was really, really close, so I could definitely see why he put Tom Brady above. We both had Kyler at three. I I mean, I think he's having one hell of a season leading his team, too. Really efficient completion percentage, too, but I just don't think he's as good as any of the top two, but definitely better than everyone else. Now, outside the top three is where we differ. I see we both got Lamar towards the top. Yeah. I, I want to put Lamar pretty high. I thought he was just outside the top three because... In yards per game, Lamar's at 10th right now. But what's interesting about him is he's the sixth highest rusher in the league, too, which is crazy since he's not a running back. For example, last week against Minnesota, he outthrew Kirk Cousins and outran Devin Cook. And exactly, that's that my logic for putting him in the top five. He has almost 700 rushing yards. Like He's definitely going to get another 1,000-yard season as a quarterback running the ball. So he's pretty much outrunning your running backs. Uh, and yeah, he's one of the better passers too. So yeah, that's why he makes him my top five. But the reason I had Patrick Mahomes ahead of him, and you seem to not really like Patrick Mahomes nearly as much as I do, putting him at number 10. Mm-mm. I don't think he's a reason Kansas City stinks right now or isn't so good. He's had a pretty solid season. I mean, not as good as he usually does, but some of those interceptions even, like I've seen them, they're just like receiver interceptions, like they if he tip passes and all. So that does affect his numbers. Uh but he's still top three in passing yards and top five in touchdowns, despite all that. Those are like two of my favorite quarterback stats, passing touchdowns and passing yards. 
one of my favorite stats is interceptions. And like you said, not all of them are his fault. But this past week was his first week since week one that he goes without a turnover. So 10 picks is kind of a lot. And just on top of that, like outside of the stats, he just does not look good. He does not look the same. Their offense still puts up points, but you know they don't look the same. And he has not looked the same as in previous years. Like I would say bad reads and forced throws, which are just uncharacteristic of him. It's just, I don't know. I haven't liked him this season as much as previous seasons. And I think part of it is he's just set the bar so high from previous years that now he's just looking human. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Uh, the old Patrick Mahomes we've known for the last few years, he'd be like at number one and no questions asked. And so for here, like, I don't think he's necessarily like awful, but because he's a little farther away from where he normally is, it just makes the team a lot worse. Like I was actually genuinely surprised to find out that he's top five in both passing touchdowns and passing yards still, despite the season he's having. Um, I see one person that you got on your list that I don't is Joe Burrow. So I like Joe Burrow a lot this year, but, and I guess now it kind of makes sense why he's not on my list, but he's on yours. Cause one of the stats I'm looking at is interceptions as a quarterback. I think it's really important to take care of the ball. And Joe Burrow, as much as I've loved him, he's got 11 picks, and that's the most in the league. That's what kept me from putting him on the list. I think like a lot of these other guys have you know, protected the ball a lot better than him, and that kind of cost him games. Like that, that was pretty big in the, the Browns game last week. No, that's fair. I mean, yeah, he has made picks, but I mean, he's a young quarterback. Honestly, like I think he gets them in bunches, too. Like He had three against the Bears, which is like a bunch. Overall, he's had a really good season in passing yards, literally number five in the NFL, and he's tied for number three in total touchdowns already. I don't know. His numbers are just really good. His completion percentage is pretty high. I was genuinely surprised that he was going to be this good this fast. So you think Joe Burrow is better than Josh Allen and Dak and Carr and Aaron Rodgers? No, but so far this season, he has played better. Why is Russell Wilson not on your list? Because injury? Yeah, because I had him on my list uh, after week five. He played really well when he was playing. It's just uh, I don't want to put him in uh, with injuries. For me, I I was going to have him higher because like, Russ, when he was in at the beginning of the year, he was he was lighting up. He was pretty good. But, you know, because of the injury, he's been out the last few weeks. I dropped him. Like if he played the full year, I would probably have him top five. Definitely. Yeah, and I totally agree, too. Uh, Russell Wilson is definitely elite, and yeah, he he was having a good start to the year. Okay, why no Josh Allen then? I don't know. Am I biased putting him on there at six? Yeah, he had a good amount of passing yards and touchdowns, but nothing like too crazy. I guess I should explain this part. Part of my having Josh Allen at six is obviously, you know, this last week against the Jags doesn't count because it was cursed. So like that, I don't want to put that against him. You know what I mean? So that takes out two interceptions, right? So he's really only have three picks on the year. Wow, 17 touchdowns and three picks. I did factor in uh, taking out the Jacksonville game. So, I mean. <laughs> yeah, I think that that was huge in me having him on there. Because I, I, I don't think it should count. Like that was cursed. It doesn't, it's, you can't yeah. count. That. Yeah. Uh, you'll see later in this podcast, that I don't necessarily hate the Bills altogether, but. In this regard, I don't think Josh Allen is uh, top ten. Yeah, I think. Oh, if you count, if you count last week, uh, if you count last week, I I understand the argument, but I should say, in my putting him at six does not count last week. 
that's probably pretty important. Okay, that's that's a big disclosure, yeah. I would say the last difference is you got Aaron Rodgers at nine. I got him top five. A little Bears fan bias? Yeah, probably. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I had to put him in the top ten, but I don't think Aaron Rodgers is having that great of a year. Like, I think the other parts of their team has excelled, though, like their running game and their defense. Like, I'm not saying the Packers aren't a great team. I mean, even like when he didn't play, and Jordan Love didn't have a good game at all, they were still really close to being the Chiefs because their defense held them in check. And like the metrics I really like, the big one uh, with passing yards, he's just very low on that. He, I mean, he's having a lot of touchdowns to interceptions, which you do hate the mistakes. So he's really good in that regard. Only three picks. That's why I had him uh, up there at five. 17 touchdowns, only three interceptions. It's kind of continuing from last year. Like, I think he only had five interceptions all last year. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Aaron Rodgers is always really good at taking care of the ball. Great stat in the maturation of a quarterback. So, yeah, probably a little Bears bias there because those are really good numbers for sure. <laughs> the yards have been pretty low. And I think that's because they found success running the ball this year, which is something they normally, like in Aaron Rodgers' time uh, in Green Bay, that's not something they normally have. So, yeah, there's a really good all-around team now, which kind of sucks. All right, next we're going to go. We got one more NFL-themed. This one's not really a ranking, but we went through 10 NFL teams, and I kind of cheated a little bit because I put you know the entire AFC West and AFC North in this. I counted them as one team each. But we went through 10 NFL teams and decided if they are contenders or pretenders. And so the reason I included... The entire AFC West and the entire AFC North. It's because each of those divisions, everyone in the division has at least five wins. So really tight races. They're really close. So, And then the rest of the teams are mostly division leaders. Since we got all those teams in the AFC, we'll start with the AFC. So the first team, I was kind of going in order. Uh, The Bills. I... I'm not going to say pretenders, obviously. I'm saying the Bills are contenders. You know, uh, Even if they were bad, I would say it. So I'm just going to put that out there. Um, Not too worried after last week's performance because, you know, again, it was cursed, so it doesn't count. I'm looking past it. But I will say the Bills have been very up and down this year. And I think that comes with being one-dimensional on offense. Like, our O-line is not great, so we don't really have a run game. And when the O-line is bad to the point that it affects the pass game and Allen gets no time to like sit back and throw, then the Bills are going to struggle, right? Um, but in those games that you know Allen is able to get going, then they do good. So I will say contender, but I am worried that you know being one-dimensional, it's pretty hard to contend. And you know what's crazy, though? The, the New England Patriots are almost caught up to you guys now. They're on a three-game winning streak. So maybe the... The AFC East does run through New England. Uh, that would kind of stink. That being said, I, I agree. The Bills are contenders too. I think what happened with the Jaguars was a fluke. And overall, the body they've had this season, like they played really well. Especially, I've been really impressed on their defense this year. And like that held true even with the Jaguars game. The good news for the Bills is they have the Jets next week to get caught up before they have a tough stretch again. But I think I think they're legit. Josh Allen's really good, even though I didn't put him in my top 10. And that defense is really elite. Yeah, I think the defense definitely helps. But the biggest issue is the line, and that's pretty important. So hopefully they can figure some things out. Moving on to the AFC West. And this was 
pretty highly regarded division coming in. Everyone in the division has five wins. The Chargers and Raiders are five and three, and the Chiefs and Broncos are five and four. What do you make of this division? All of them suck <laughs> in their own ways. Okay, so they're all good teams because they obviously have winning records, but all of them have like a big flaw. I guess the Chargers are like the most complete team of them, but they're really young, and I can't see them being a legit contender. They're going to win games, but they're not going to make noise in the playoffs. Chiefs have the most playoff experience, and like all the others really don't have playoff experience. But this year's Chiefs team, I'm not sold. They suck at defense, and their offensive line is very young, and it's gotten pretty bad. So, like, Patrick Mahomes is forced to make some bad decisions, and their defense isn't that good. I mean, they still somehow have a winning record, but I think they're a pretender, and they're not going to do well in the playoffs. Yeah, this year's Chiefs team is not the same one we've seen in the last two years, and I got them as pretenders, too. Like, their offense has to be really, really good for it to make up for their defense. Like, their offense has to be at or above the level that it was last year and the year before and not that their offense is bad but i think it's a step or two below you know their offense from previous years and patrick mahomes who's not playing bad he's just not playing like the patrick mahomes we've seen and have gotten used to the last two years and that's what they need to make up for this defense and that's just to stay in games you know what i mean that's not to that's not even to contend so so far from what i've seen for them i will agree with you it's, it was tough to say this, but yeah, I just think, I don't know, I got them as pretenders. Uh, the Broncos was an easy one. That 3-0 and start was just against bad teams, I think. They did pick up a really good win last week against Cowboys. Definitely surprised me, and it showed like glimpses like of their potential, but overall, nah. Raiders, I haven't really been that high on them, even though they have found ways to win. They've been just in trouble, like... They fired their coach, lost rugs, and now Damon Arnett. Yeah, that also contributes to me not being their contenders. Yeah, they got off-field issues to deal with. Yeah, And then I would say the best team in the division right now is the Chargers. Like you said, though, a young team. Their win against the Chiefs was pretty big earlier this season. And their win against the Browns was pretty impressive. Uh, But I think these last couple weeks, like since the Browns game, has been a kind of reality check, right? They got blown out by the Ravens, they lost to the Patriots, and they barely got by the Eagles. So I think the Chargers are a good team. I think they're a team for the future, though. I don't think they're quite contenders just yet, but they're not far. They'll definitely be a contender in the future, but this is not their year yet. Yeah, I mean, they got a great young quarterback. I love the coach. Their defense stepping up. They're going to be a problem moving forward, but I don't think they're quite contenders yet. All right, moving on to the AFC North. This, I think, is one of the tougher divisions. Uh, you got a lot of good teams in this. For me, in this division, I think I've been high on the Ravens since you know the beginning of the year. I think the Ravens are contenders. I think the rest of the division are pretenders, though. Yeah, I love Cleveland, and I always talked highly about them, but they're not going to be good come postseason. Uh, I think Cincinnati's in the same boat as the Chargers. They show some flashes, and but they're just young, and they're not going to do so well. I mean, you pointed out with Joe Burrow's mistakes, too. That comes playoff time. It's not going to work out. And Steelers should not have beat the My Bears last night. That's, that, that's a topic for another day. But they're, <laughs> they're not that good because My Bears are not that good. So, <laughs> yeah, if you lose a home night game to the Bears without Khalil Mack, 
which they almost did. You should not be a playoff team. I do like the Ravens, though. I was going to say, I think Lamar Jackson, uh, I mean, they've, they've been successful the last few years uh, getting to the playoffs. And I guess they've only really won like one game for Lamar Jackson. But I think he's ready to show that he's ready to win in po- come postseason. And I mean, they're doing well in the regular season. So I would say the Ravens are contenders. I think Lamar is like the hardest player to like guard or have to prepare for in the NFL just because he does everything. And he's just he's so hard to tackle. I'd say the hardest for me in this division was deciding the Browns because I don't think Baker can take this Browns team to contention, at least yet from what I've seen. So that that was kind of the limiting thing for me in picking the Browns as pretenders and only having the Ravens in this division as true contenders. No, I, I mean, I agree with uh, all the points you said too. Speaking of the quarterback play, though, that brings me to the Titans. And for me, I said the Titans are contenders, even though I don't think Tannehill is top 10, maybe even top 15 quarterback. But in Tennessee, I think their system is where Tannehill doesn't really have to do anything. Even with Derrick Henry gone last week against a really good Rams team, Tannehill didn't have to do like anything. He only had 143 passing yards and one touchdown. And they blew out the Rams 28 to 16. So in a, in a system like that, you can get away with having not as good of a quarterback. Tannehill takes care of the ball. He does what he needs to. I'm not saying he's bad. But that's like a rare situation where you can get away with having a top 15 quarterback and contending as opposed to having like a top seven quarterback. I agree with the Titans being contenders. And I'm really not really sure what this team is built of because – they didn't have a good passing game, like you said that last week, and they were absolutely outplayed on offense. But their defense found ways to uh, get points on the border, create opportunities. I think a lot of people don't uh, classify the Titans as a solid defense, but their defense uh, plays aggressive and finds ways to create takeaways and give their offense an opportunity to score. I thought of them as a really strong uh, offensive team because of all the receiving weapons and like Derrick Henry, of course. But they're a more complete team than I thought, especially the way they beat the Rams on the road which I think is a really good team. So, yeah, they're a contender. And if Derrick Henry comes back, they're definitely going to be tough to beat. Yeah, I was also basing that off of Henry coming back in the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if he doesn't <laughs> come back, I'm still not... Okay, I'm not sold on them then. No, I'm me neither. I think they find a way to make the playoffs even without him, though. All right, moving on to the NFC. Our first team is the Cowboys, who are dominating the nfc east this was a tough one because i think with dak and assuming everyone healthy i think the cowboys offense is really good one of the better offenses in the league but i don't think their defense is that great and it showed against denver they got absolutely smoked by the broncos i actually have them as pretenders and i i'm gonna have to agree with that uh i really liked the cowboys up until that denver game and then I realize, hmm, these are the classic Cowboys who find a way to lose no matter what. <laughs> but I thought their defense improved, especially with like the burgess of Micah Parsons and like Diggs playing well. So the more I think about it, I don't see these Cowboys being a legit threat in the playoffs. And I don't think they really fare well against really good teams. I think they beat up on a bunch of teams that are inferior anyways. So another thing for me that kind of factored into this was 
You can only have like what, three or four contenders in each division, right? You can't have eight contenders. That just means people get in the playoffs. Yeah. So like in the AFC, I thought as of right now, Bills, Ravens, Titans. So that's like three contenders. In the NFC, I'll like look ahead a little bit here, but I thought the Cardinals, the Rams, the Packers, and the Bucks. I think all four of those teams are better than the Cowboys. Even though I do think the Cowboys are good and like I like them. But I think those four teams are better than them and would beat them come playoff time. So you can't have, like, I don't know. I didn't think you could really have more than four contenders. No, that's a good point, though. Yeah, I'd say if the Cowboys were in the AFC, they might be contenders. But the NFC is so stacked this year. It was more than just if I thought they're, like, good or not. It was I was looking at the other teams, and I was like, okay. I think they're the fifth best team in the NFC. And I was like, you know, fifth best, I don't think qualifies you for contender. No, I agree. Uh, I agree with your list too. I took the Cardinals, Rams, Packers, and Bucks for all for good reasons. Uh, I mean, Rams I thought were the most complete team, anyways. And uh, when Juan Miller starts to get playing well with that offense, they're gonna be. I mean, defense they're gonna be really, really good. And I mean, I was surprised they lost the Titans, but even with that being said, they're still a really good team. Uh, Cardinals, I really thought they're gonna lose the Forty Niners this time because they played them close. But the first time. And they had so many players yeah, out. Yeah, no Kyler Murray, and they still won. So I was just like. And no D-Hop. And no A.J. Green. And no. Oh, wow. Who's their running back? Edwards. Yeah. Four, like, pretty big guys on offense all out. And they still were able to pull off the win against the divisional opponent. They're just a really complete team. And that means they must be really well coached and everything. Like, all around, just so good. But so many missing pieces, and they're still playing like this. Yeah, they're 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 a tough team to beat. They're definitely contenders. Then the last team that it looks like we both have as pretenders then would be the Saints. I just I don't know what to make of this team. They could probably beat anybody on any given week, as we've seen, as they absolutely destroyed the Packers and they also beat the Bucks. But they, they could find a way to lose to anybody too. And without Jameis, they're gonna seem they're gonna struggle to be real contenders. Yeah, I think that's another thing. I think you know maybe prior to to this past week when they still had Jameis and they were five and two, they were looking like they could make a run at the NFC South or at minimum getting a wild card spot. But that looks like it's gonna be more difficult. They lose to like the most random teams that aren't that good, and sometimes they'll pull off wins against. Teams that got no business in beating. That inconsistency does not last in the playoffs. So, yeah, pretenders. Yeah. Wow, interesting. We agreed on all of those. I thought the Cowboys could have went either way. And I thought, like, just like guessing, I thought you would have had the Browns maybe. Or at least even one team in the AFC West. But Yeah, I, I didn't think we were going to agree on all of them. All right, to wrap up our NFL talk, we still did picks for this week just so we can keep the series going. And you won again last week by oh, I did. by one game. Yeah, I have not had a good November. It's been tough. So overall now, I got four wins. You got three. And then we have two ties. So it's close now. It's close. Right, I'm going to just list off this week's pick. So starting with Thursday night, we got Baltimore at Miami. We both got Baltimore. Moving into the Sunday games. Atlanta at Dallas. We both have Atlanta. New Orleans at Tennessee. 
That's interesting. You went with New Orleans. I went with Tennessee. Going with the hot hand. Jacksonville at Indianapolis. We both have Indianapolis. Cleveland at New England. I have Cleveland. I have your Cleveland Browns. And you have the New England Patriots. <laughs> I'm fading them now. <laughs> Buffalo at the Jets. We both got the Bills, hopefully. Detroit at Pittsburgh. We both got Pittsburgh. Tampa at Washington. We agree on Tampa. Carolina at Arizona. We got Arizona. Minnesota at the Chargers. I got the Vikings and you got the Chargers. Philadelphia at Denver. We both have the Broncos. Seattle at Green Bay. We both have the Packers. Kansas City at Vegas. We both have the Chiefs. And Monday night, we got the LA Rams at San Francisco 49ers. And both of us have the Rams. All right, so that's our picks for this week. We'll dive deeper into them next week. Leaving the NFL now, we're going to an NBA-themed rank it. And for the NBA, we decided to do the top 10 NBA players under 25. And this is not just like... You know, so far this season, whatever, because the season just started. So this is like overall, we kind of we took a look at like their careers so far as a whole. But top ten NBA players under twenty five. You want to kick us off? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, I'll start from number ten and work my way uh, up to one. So at number ten, I got DeAndre Ayton. At number nine, I got Lamelo Ball. At number eight, I got Brandon Ingram. At seven, I got Shea Gilgis Alexander. At six, I got De'Aaron Fox. Five, I got Zion. Four, I got Ja. Three, I got Trey Young. Two, I got JT. And number one, I got Luca. And yeah, I had to make some adjustments because I realized some players just turned 25 recently. Yeah, we had in the last few weeks, D-Book turned 25. And Jalen Brown just turned 25. And Donovan Mitchell as well. Oh, yeah, and Donovan. So. All three definitely would have been on the list. They're all really yeah, good. Absolutely. But they don't get to be in it. They're too old now. No longer youngins. Alright, so I had a decently similar list. I got De'Aaron Fox at ten, Lamelo at nine, SGA at eight, Jamal Murray at seven, Zion at six, Ja at five, Bam at four, Trey Young at three, JT at two and Luca at one. So again, top three, the same. One was cemented Luca. Like he's already been all NBA first team. Twice. <laughs> yeah, and he's only played three years. So that's that's pretty crazy. Two and three, I was debating and I almost wanted to push Trey above JT because of last year's playoff run. Uh, I mean, I, I like that, but, you know, JT's had some pretty good playoff runs, too. Like, last year was a bad example because Jalen Brown was injured, but him and Jalen have made some good noise. They made it to Eastern Conference Finals twice in their short time. Uh, once against the Heat, and they lost that one, and once against LeBron, they lost that one. But they still made it as a young core. So, I mean, JT is, if you're going to say Trey Young made it to Eastern Conference, JT did it twice. And that's kind of why I kept it that way, but I just... I weighed last year's like individual run more than each of JT's individual runs. 
no, I agree though. Overall, I had to go with with Jason Tatum two, Trey Young at three. Now the rest of the list from four down. You 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 stuck at Bam, which I didn't even have in my list, and I think we had every almost all the same players. I tried to put Brandon Ingram on there, but I didn't. I also have Jamal Murray, who you don't have, and then you have Brandon Ingram and DeAndre Ayton instead. Well, Jamal Murray is a great pick. Uh, to be quite honest, I didn't even realize he's still only twenty four. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, so I mean, hmm, I would definitely sneak him in my list, but if I recognize that, but I still. I still think you put Bama way too high. Well, okay, so maybe, you know, my team again. <laughs> but, okay, so for me, the top three, the reason I think they're further ahead than everyone else is because those three are, like, the leaders of their team. Like, those are the top guy in each of the team, right? And they've led their teams to have success in the playoffs. Actually, I would say top four for me, too. And you put him in number five. Well, oh, for the thing for Ja is, yeah, he's definitely the guy, but they haven't done anything but win a few regular season games. Yeah, that's true. So, and I mean, Luca hasn't had great success in terms of winning in the playoffs, but all NBA twice in three years. So, for me though, Bam was and has been the number two guy in Miami. You know, next to Jimmy Butler, he was huge in that run to the finals a couple of years ago. And he's been all NBA defense team and he was in consideration for defensive player of the year last year. So that's what that well, that's why I put Bam that high. Actually, yeah, you know, he's pretty good. I would definitely consider putting him on my list, but I I don't know about that high. He's definitely a great defender and a crucial role of that Heat team. And it's a team that's had success. That's why I, I weighed it hot like heavily as well. That's true. Yeah, because unlike Ja uh Okay, I see why you put him over Ja then. But, you know, actually, if you take Bam out, we'd pretty much have the same top five, uh, which is really cool. And then I put, honestly, if you did the same, Ja over Zion. Yep. Uh, mostly because of, I think Zion's a great player, but he's just been injured a lot. Exactly, exactly. And I think Zion has the potential to be probably the highest on here, maybe outside. Maybe Luka definitely has the highest ceiling. Uh, but in Zion's short time, he averaged like 25 points on 60% shooting, which is like unheard of, especially someone that young, like a 20-year-old. So if Zion can find a way to stay healthy and have a long career, he's going to have a great career for sure. Yeah, just off of what we've seen so far, yeah, I had to put Jaw, especially with how hot of a start he's having this season. Yeah, Jaw's been on a roll. Yeah. You just forgot about Jamal Murray then? Yeah, honestly, uh, I just forgot. I didn't realize he's so young. Wow. I know, because he's, he's played five years in the NBA. Yeah, I exactly. This will be his sixth, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, good fine. He's definitely a stud. He's been injured for a while, so. No, yeah, but that ACL injury, uh, that that was tough. But they had a huge Western Conference Finals run, and he played a huge role, dropping, I think, multiple 50-point games in the playoffs during that, too, so. I definitely see why Jamal would be like at seven. I could probably put him around the same too. Um, then SJ was relatively the same on our list. So and same with Lamelo. Uh, I put in Brandon Ingram, and I know you don't have him. Uh, because I don't know. I feel like he's really underrated because he's like kind of like a Kevin Durant. He gets his points. He's like uh, he scored twenty five, and last year he had forty five percent shooting behind the arc. So he's a 
he's a really efficient scorer from three-way score. He could drive mid, strong mid-range and great, great threes. Uh, he doesn't really fill up the stat sheet outside of that, but I mean, it's really good to have a really talented scorer like Bi, and I think he's just getting better at scoring too. Yeah, for me, I want to get him on there, especially like this is a guy that's been in the league for so long, and he's still only twenty-four. I think he's he's played five years, I think, and. For me, I was trying to get him in that that last spot. It was between him and Darren Fox for me. And I ended up, I mean, you have D-Fox above him too. So I ended up picking Fox over him. Fox has been really good. Uh, I mean, he plays on the Kings. So a lot of people don't realize this, but he's also averaging in like the 25-point range. Yeah. Like, really finding open teammates and getting a lot of assists. Yeah, I put him high up there because he's actually really talented. It's just you don't really realize because no one really follows the Kings. Yeah, they don't really do anything. Yeah, exactly. They just win a few regular season games, you're right. Mostly thanks to Fox, yeah. And then I put in DeAndre Ayton. Uh, he might not have made the list if I put Jamal in there, but Ayton was a crucial part of that uh, Suns run. Like He got a bunch of boards, and he's averaged a double-double every year he's been in the NBA. I know he's a big man, but like... Still kind of hard to do as a rookie, being a seven-footer. And he's been doing this every year. He's been playing pretty good defense, and he's just consistent, uh, like an efficient scorer. Yeah, off to a cold start this year, though, so far. But over his career, yeah, uh, he has been good. But in terms of big men, though, I think I think Bam is – I like Bam more than Aiden. Yeah, it, it it's tough. They both had good runs. They both made it to the finals and lost. Yeah. With Bam's performance in the finals, though, well, he missed a few games, so actually that might even help his case, too. He might have beat the Lakers if he was healthy the whole series. Oh, I mean, they might have just won an extra game or something, but... Yeah, actually, I was just kidding. Yeah, they probably won't. Yeah, they're not going to win. Yeah. All right, now we're moving on to some college football. And we got this week's rankings just released. Me and Vito each did our own top 10 college football rankings. So I'm going to go through the real rankings first. So for the real rankings, we got Georgia at number one, Alabama at number two, Oregon at three, and Ohio State rounds out the top four. And five through 10, we got Cincinnati, Michigan, Michigan State, Oklahoma, Notre Dame, and Oklahoma State rounding out the top 10. Hmm. Actually, that's fairly similar. Yeah, that that's a solid ranking ish. I don't know. I don't. I I definitely have points I disagree with. But number one, I have Georgia. Number two, I have Oklahoma. Uh, number three, a big difference in the committee actually. Number three, I have Oregon. At number four, I have Alabama. At five, I have Ohio State. Number six, I have Cincinnati. At number seven, I have Notre Dame. And number eight, I have Michigan State. Nine, I got Michigan. And ten, I got Oklahoma State. So, same number one and same number 10. I'll give the committee that. Yeah, your Oklahoma is way higher. Yeah. All right, for me, I got Georgia at one, Bama at two, Ohio State at three, Cincinnati at four, Oklahoma at five, Oregon at six, Michigan State seven, Michigan eight, Notre Dame nine, and Texas A&M at ten. Okay, wow. Texas seems pretty high, but I mean, I guess they've done really well with their big wins. So I'm not too opposed to that. And they'd probably be my 11. Yeah, it's mostly because of their wins, because they beat Alabama, 
earlier in the year who me in the rank and the official rankings have at two and you have at four. So that's a huge win. So that would be the best win. And then this past weekend, they just beat Auburn. Yeah. And that was a tough game. Yeah, no, I feel that. Their wins have had really high magnitudes. Yeah, even though their losses are like... Arkansas at the time was pretty hot, and then Mississippi State is just not a great loss. I mean, they're unranked. And that's the thing about... The, that's the problem I have with A&M getting so high is because, I mean, the whole strength of schedule... Sh- I mean, the whole schedule should matter. And, yeah, they've had some bad performances. I know they've they've improved a lot since, but uh, they have had some pretty awful performances. So the biggest problem I have with the committee, honestly, is the ranking with Oklahoma. And I know uh, mine is way different than the committee's, but you and you, you had the exact in-between spot. I think an Oklahoma team that's in a Power 5 conference that's had some pretty solid wins, not great, but solid wins at 9-0 and should be ranked really high. Like, honestly, number two, because no other team is undefeated like that, except Cincinnati, but they don't have quality wins. And that's why they're at six for me. But I think Cincinnati... Has better win than Oklahoma, though. Cincinnati has a win over Notre Dame. Who's Oklahoma have? The one thing I, I want to say about the Cincinnati win uh, is, and the committee looks at, like, they're, at least they're supposed to look at the style in which a team won. And if you look at that Cincinnati-Notre Dame game, you realize Notre Dame played, like, absolutely awful that game. They made mistakes. And not to take away from Cincinnati, because they did come prepared, but, like, if Notre Dame played Georgia and played made mistakes like that, they would have lost, like, 50-0. to zero. Like, they just played so bad that game fumbling kickoffs and turning the ball over, throwing interceptions at the, like three yard line or just throwing bad picks at the 20 yard line. Like so many bad mistakes and still it was only a 10 point, like 11 point game. At least that's my reason for Cincinnati's taking that win away for them a little bit. I mean, Oklahoma just keeps winning against power five teams, but they, they, they really will be battle tested soon to come. Their toughest three games all come at the end. I agree that I think Oklahoma should be higher than eighth being undefeated, especially with Michigan State just losing to an unranked Purdue. So I put Oklahoma ahead of Michigan State. I couldn't put Oklahoma past Cincinnati, though, because I think they're both undefeated. They're both 9-0. and But I just thought Cincinnati's win over Notre Dame was like the biggest win that either of those two teams had. And both of them have had weeks where they struggled against teams they definitely should not have struggled against. Like, Oklahoma had ugly weeks against Tulane. The game was closer than it should have been, probably against Nebraska. They were really close against West Virginia. They were close to Kansas State. Uh, and even Kansas was ugly in the first half. Yeah, no, Oklahoma has had a lot of periods where it hasn't looked pretty. But I guess the thing about this season is, like, no one's really looked pretty for most of the season. Like, even Oregon's played some close games. Ohio State recently played a close game against Nebraska. Like, Cincinnati, as of late, has been looking pretty bad. They almost lost to Navy and Tulsa, too. And so, like, really, everyone's so vulnerable. Yeah, but Michigan State losing to Purdue, too. I thought they were, like, a really good undefeated team, but not really. By the way, the Notre Dame... uh, they put Purdue at number 19 in Wisconsin at 18, so Notre Dame actually has now two ranked wins in the current uh, college football playoffs. Oh, I just saw that, yeah. Look, yeah, I didn't know. No, I just saw that too. So, wow. There's a lot of three-loss teams now. Oh, and Arkansas is back in the rankings at 25. Wow. So that's a little better loss for A&M. Uh, but Georgia, who have they beat in this top 25 now? Uh, Auburn and Arkansas. Actually, no, it doesn't really matter because Georgia's in the eye test looks really dominant. 
I'm confused about Alabama being ranked so high in the committee's eyes and your eyes too, uh, because Alabama almost lost to LSU this weekend and they almost lost to Florida and knew those teams were good and they lost to A&M. Like, it was more of just looking at the other teams. Like, I think they're better than Oregon. I don't think Oregon's that great. Yeah. Uh, between them and Ohio State, then I just think, uh, I think Bama's schedule has been a little harder than Ohio State, even though Ohio State's only loss is to Oregon. So maybe I had Ohio State at three. Maybe I could have switched yeah. those. But, like, even you have Ohio State behind Alabama. Uh, let's see. I mean, who did, who did you put ahead of Bama? You put Oregon and Oklahoma ahead of them? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I really don't think either of those teams are actually better than Bama. No, I mean, yeah, if I'm being honest, I don't think either of them are really better. I, I stand by the undefeated principle with Oklahoma. And then for Oregon, I just think they have the best win in all of college football outside of maybe A&M because they beat Bama. But Oregon beating uh, Ohio State and still continually winning like in the Pac-12 keeps them that high. But I will say Oregon doesn't look that impressive. And I could see them losing. Yeah, for me, that win, what week was that? Like two or three? Against Ohio State, yeah. Yeah, so it was a while ago. And since that, so this is why I was okay putting Ohio State ahead of Oregon. Because I know you you had Oregon ahead of Ohio State, which you know makes sense since they beat them. But I was okay with putting Ohio State ahead of Oregon. Because since that win, which was in like week two or three, Oregon has not looked better. Uh, you could even argue that they peaked that week, right? Like they lost later against Stanford. And they've had a lot of close games against, you know, other like... Pac-12 and, and not very good D1 teams. They've had one-score games against like California and UCLA back-to-back and looked pretty weak against Washington this last weekend. On the other side, Ohio State has looked better you know, almost every week since then. And their offense has just gotten better and better. And I mean, I know this past week they had kind of a close game with Nebraska, but until that, I think they've Ohio State has just looked so much better since then, and Oregon hasn't. So that's why I put I moved Ohio State up. I, I agree. If I was to say, I think the two best teams right now is probably Georgia and Ohio State. And Ohio State's like, okay, maybe Alabama, but really Ohio State's receiving core is looking really solid. They have three receivers that are unguardable. So I just think they can put a point on anyone. Georgia is the only team that I think is lock to be at number one. But everyone else, there's, I could really see a good argument for a lot of teams. Like I could see if anyone put Oregon, Oklahoma, Ohio State, or even as the AP poll did, Cincy at like number two. Like there was good, a lot of good arguments for number two to like everything else. So it's really interesting. Uh, so you had Michigan State and Michigan higher than Notre Dame. Uh, I had Notre Dame higher than Michigan State because Notre Dame beat Purdue. Uh, they only both they both have one loss, and you know Michigan State lost to Purdue. And uh, because we have to have Michigan State above Michigan because you know Michigan State won that game. You see, that's what I was gonna say. That that was my logic too right like because like the ohio state oregon game was week two or week three of the season that was like a while ago and the teams have changed a lot since but that game was only a couple weeks ago right yeah the committee has michigan six and michigan state seven already Wait, what i didn't even see oh my god i missed that i just like recognized like i was just looking back i want to say something bad like they just beat them a couple weeks ago and now they flipped them already wow Wow, this committee is crazy. <laughs> but I mean, either way, it doesn't matter because they both get to play Ohio State soon. Uh, so they both have a chance to move up either way. But wow, that's crazy. And honestly, another thing I found interesting is, didn't Baylor just lose this weekend? Like, why are they number 13? 
What were they last week? Baylor was 12 last week. So they dropped one spot for losing to unranked team. So they really just want to set up a big game between Oklahoma and Baylor. Is all I'm saying. I I don't I don't understand. Are they waiting to see after that game then they'll decide if a team should one of them should really move or not? I don't I don't know. But yeah, this is interesting overall. I don't know. I I think Ohio State has improved since that Oregon game. So I'm okay with you putting Ohio State above Oregon. But I'm really confused about how Michigan got over Michigan State this fast. Yeah, because that just happened. Yeah, I agree. Like, that's why, like, I, I had to have Michigan right behind Michigan State because they just lost to them. For us, Michigan, Michigan State, and Notre Dame are all, are both 7, 8, and 9. You just bumped Notre Dame ahead of both of them. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that, I guess. I don't think Notre Dame has a better case to make the playoffs, and that stays true because both Michigan and Michigan State get a chance to play Ohio State. So if they win, they rightfully get to leap Notre Dame. Because of that ranking itself, it's pretty fair to all teams. Uh, because Notre Dame doesn't really have a chance to leap anybody. So I think as of right now, it's fair to put Notre Dame ahead. Yeah. Uh, just because they all have one loss, but yeah, with that Purdue logic there for now. Yeah. No. I. I. No. I actually. I see the the argument for Notre Dame being ahead of both of those two. So I. Yeah. I guess I. I'm good with that. Actually, I like. I like how you did it more. Yeah. Because if they truly are better, they get a chance to prove it too, which I really like too. Dang, Ohio State. Honestly, the reason I bumped Ohio State down, actually, I forgot to explain that, is because looking at their schedule, they really don't have a ranked win. And so for them to not have a ranked win, I can't really put them in that top four category. Now, again, this is just like the Michigan State and Michigan thing I said. They have a chance to beat two ranked, the like two top 10 teams. So they'll definitely deserve their top four spot. And Purdue, actually, who's number 19 now. So they'll have three ranked wins. I mean, three ranked opponents to end the season. So we'll really see if Ohio State's a real deal. Uh, but as of right now, they haven't really shown anything that could prove it. And Oregon, I put a three because they had a better win than Bama. That's why I put them above Bama. And Bama, I put above Ohio State because they actually had ranked wins. Alabama's ranked wins right now so far is Ole Miss and... They didn't even play Arkansas, so I don't just Ole Miss, and they have a loss at number eleven. So you know, I mean, based on that, I just don't like. I'm really curious why they're number two. I think it's more the eye test then, especially because like remember the beginning of the season, up until they lost to A and M, everyone was like, okay, Bama and Georgia, number one, number two, no one else even close. And then they lost to A and M. They're like, oh, okay, so they're touchable, and then they just blew out Mississippi State. Tennessee, and then had a close game to LSU. That's true. So, uh, yeah, actually, nothing, but it was it was more than just the ranks itself for Alabama. Actually, yeah, overall, overall, I'm not too disappointed with the committee. I would put both Oklahoma and Notre Dame higher, and both Michigan, Michigan State down, and rightfully so because they both have the chance to make it back. <laughs> so it really doesn't change much of anything. Now we're gonna end the pod with our last top 10 rank it and this one this was a fun one although i think it was a lot harder than it should have been and it ended up being the hardest one for me yeah it was definitely the hardest for me and like even with this list i'm gonna share i still think i left a few out or i would still make changes so i made a kind of rule where this list is gonna be really current yeah, I think the more time we've had to think about it, the more we change as move people around. But exactly. So our final ranking of our 
episode 10 special is our top 10 favorite current athletes. So it could be any athlete, any sport. The only rule was they had to currently be playing. We couldn't pick retired athletes. I thought that would have made it way too hard. All right, go ahead. Go through yours. Okay, at number 10, I have Lamar Jackson. At number 9, I have David Bell. Number 8, I have Russell Wilson. 7, Kyron Williams. 6, Kyler Murray. Number 5, LeBron James. At 4, I got Donovan Mitchell. 3, I got Justin Fields. 2, I got Kevin Durant. And 1, I got Steph Curry. Wow, your top outside of Justin Fields is very dominated by the NBA. That's interesting. Yeah. Honestly, and uh, there's just so many people I want to put on there, that, uh, but I don't know. I just don't know how to make this list because there's so many athletes I love. I just love sports. I love, yeah. That's what I'm saying. It was really hard. Uh, For me, number 10, Phil Mickelson. Number nine, had Giannis. Number eight, Clay Thompson. Number seven, Jimmy Butler. Number six, Sergio Ramos. Number five, Marcelo. Number four, Steph Curry. Number three, Josh Allen. Number two, LeBron. And my favorite current athlete right now is Cristiano Ronaldo. Okay, bring that soccer out. Uh, actually, I was going to say, the second you mentioned Jimmy Butler, I knew there was someone I was forgetting. I love Jimmy Butler, and he definitely made my top ten. He's one of my favorite players on the Bulls, and just his personality is just so great. He's funny, and he's just all around, like, I don't know. He makes everyone around him so tough. His demeanor is just different. Uh, so yeah. Jimmy Butler would definitely make it into my top 10, but that just shows how many great athletes we have in this sport. I see you added a lot of soccer players and a golfer too. Yeah, I tried to get in uh, like someone outside of team sports. Yeah, actually, then there is one player that I was debating adding to my list. I watch cricket every few years, uh, and I don't know. You guys probably know Virat Kohli. He's, uh, you might not like, if you don't watch cricket, but he's a really famous a batsman for India, and he would definitely make that list for a different sport too. He has billions of fans. He's pretty popular. The top of my list I thought was pretty, like, I'm more sure of. Like, Ronaldo is definitely my favorite. LeBron's definitely number two. Allen, I think because he's younger is why he's still um, at three. And then, like, moving down after that, like, it's just a bunch of players that I like. Like, I like Steph, Marcelo and Ramos yeah. that I like from Real Madrid, Butler, Clay, Giannis. You know, these are all players that I like, but the more I sit and think about it and, like, get different players, I'm sure there's other people that I'll move in and move around and stuff. And the only thing that I was kind of sure of was the top. I agree because the top of my list is a little more solidified too. I I love Stephen Curry. Uh, Steph is just such a great guy, very likable, and like he's he's a classic example of an underdog. He's not like that big, but he's really just perfected his shot. And he's because he's not the fastest guy, he's not the strongest guy, uh, or anything like that. But he's still one of the best basketball players and definitely the best uh, shooter ever. So I definitely think he's my favorite player of all sports. One interesting thing I will say for me is, like, so you have Kyron, Notre Dame's running back, and David Bell, Purdue's receiver. So one thing for me, I had no college athletes because, like, I just got to know them. You know what I mean? Like, Kyron, he's been at Notre Dame for two years, and David Bell, I just learned about this year. So, like, obviously, you know, being a Notre Dame fan, a lot of players that I like, especially, like, Kyron being, like, one of the biggest ones, but... For me, like these these ten that I have are all players that I've known and followed for like you know way longer than I've known about any college player. 
Yeah, no, I totally understand that. And this is why I talk about uh, current because... Yeah, super current. It was just so hard. Yeah, exactly. It was so hard for me to make this list. And I was just thinking about what I thought about just like this last week. And like, as of late, Kyron's been tearing it up and just showing that he has that motor that keeps Andy going forward. And like the offensive line hasn't been that good, but he's still breaking tackles. So I've absolutely loved Kyron as of late. And David Bell, this is the second time Purdue's be a top five team. And both times he's had over 200 yards. And this time, this Saturday, I watched the Purdue game. I didn't even watch an Dame game because we were destroying Navy. And David Bell was just so fun to watch. So I had to put him on the list. I thought the NBA ranking was going to be the toughest one. But then when I got to this one, I was doing this. I was like, Holy crap. Like, I did number one, I did number two, I did number three. And I was like, I have no idea where to go from here. Like, there was just so many names going through my head. And I was like, I have to be forgetting people. I, I, I thought the same, too. And then when you put Jimmy Butler, I tell you right now, he would 100% make my list. It's just, there's just so many great athletes, which is, is a great sign, too, that sports are do, doing really well right now. Because we're, we're not even talking about the retired athletes. We're just talking about the ones playing right now. Oh, that that would have been <laughs> exactly. That would have been, uh, yeah. That was way too hard. That's why I was like, we had to do like current. I was going through sports. I was like, first I started with like, cause I I knew Ronaldo was my number one. I was like, okay, let me go through the rest of the soccer players. And I was like, okay, there's like three billion that I know. Um, so I'm probably leaving off more soccer players that I really like. And then I went to NBA, and I was like, oh my god, like every team has a player that yeah. I like. Exactly. That's another factor I thought about too. I was like, I pretty much like a player on pretty much every team. And for the NBA, I didn't put a single Bulls player, even though obviously I love all the players that play for the Bulls. I had to get Jimmy Butler on there, or else I would have had like no Heat players. I had if I didn't have Josh Allen, I was gonna have no Bills players. Facts, exactly, and that's why I put Justin Fields. But I mean, I definitely want to put like Cleo McCarthy and Montgomery, or other players like that. But like, uh, I I just had to give it to the quarterback. <laughs> yeah, that was me too. All right, well, that wraps it up for our special Pod 10 episode. This is a fun one. I liked all the rankings. No, it was really cool. But we will be back again next Thursday. Breakdown again, college football, NFL, NBA. And we actually just had college basketball just getting started. So that might make some headlines we'll talk about as well. We will see you guys next week.